It's time to unify and simplify the IT world. We are here to do that one podcast at a time. I'm Steve. I'm McKay. And welcome to the Interchange IT Podcast. Welcome, Steve. Do you know what today is? It is the day that Disney acquired Fox. (laughs) More importantly. More importantly, it's Star Wars Day. (laughs) There you go. And and, hold on, hold on. In two hours... Two hours, fourteen minutes, and thirty-two seconds. So, now, Star Wars is I'll that be the one with Captain Kirk? Is that yes. the Captain? Yes. Okay, Iron Man and Captain Kirk. That's Iron the one? Man and Captain Kirk. Right, yeah, good. So I'll be seeing. I'll I be just, sitting. In. I hope they're able to get the ring back. If you yes. Know yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So many people hate you right now. <laughs> like all the people. That's fine. <laughs> all the people that would listen to a tech podcast hate you. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Seriously, that's true. It's totally accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. In two hours, I will be sitting in the theater with ready. a giant bucket of popcorn. Yep. Just ready to watch some Star Wars. Yep, so don't call me. I won't. I won't call. I won't text. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> I don't care if, if your arm is falling off, call Erica. I will. I'll call and Erica. she will not talk I'm to not you. not sure why I would call Erica if my arm is falling off. She's neither a physician nor would need to know that my arm is or falling off. Or does she talk? No, she doesn't talk on the podcast. No. <laughs> All right, so we were just talking about this, though. Let's get into this real quick. And well, let's, let's introduce, introduce our guest. Oh, let's yeah, do that first. Let's introduce our, like our folks. Okay, do it. All right. Ben Beasley. Ben Beasley. Hi, guys. And? And? and Eric Vogler. Hi. <laughs> Eric was going. He's winding up for this know, big he was like. Ready. Hey. Hi. So these guys are the co-founders of. St- let me sh- make sure I get this right. Stock Chain Global. Yep. All right. Correct. And they are both attorneys at law as well. Attorneys. Esquire. 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 Yes. If you're <laughs> to us that way, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> okay, we will from now on. Do you, do you sign things, Esquire? Yeah. Esq. Period. Yes, yes. <laughs> it just saves time. Yeah, it's a little less pretentious. Who wants right. to see right. Esquire every time? So we were just talking about this uh, before we started, guys. Um, Disney, um, who now seemingly owns the entire entertainment industry, just bought uh, basically 21st Century Fox and everything associated with it. So, what are the list of things that they own now, Steve? Okay, we so this. so in addition to all the things they already owned, yep, which uh, was a lot of things. which was a. A lot of things. Lots most of, things. of the things. Yep, most of the things. Now they own the X-Men. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Deadpool. Mm. I want to see Mickey Mouse ears <laughs> on Deadpool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. They own FX. Oh, they own they, that's right. National Geographic. The Simpsons. They the, Simpsons. the Simpsons. That's huge. Wow. That is huge. Die Hard. They own, so the, and they own basically every movie that's ever been made. Not basically. They own every movie ever been made by 21st Century Alien. Fox. Predator. You're going to have so many Disney um, spinoffs of these and reboots of franchises and stuff. Kingsman. Kingsman. The alien section of Disneyland is going to be pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited for the Night at the Museum ride. There you it, go. That actually could be kind of cool. All right. Uh, but not just uh, – what about Family Guy? Family Guy? They own Family Guy. Family Guy is now a Disney X-Files. Yep. There's a lot. It's, it's Basically all the they things. Own, they own now – Thirty percent of Hulu. Yep. So they um, own a, they own the majority. Like they own the largest share of Hulu. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they oh, because oh, Disney's indeed. talked about doing their own streaming service, right? Like an intensive Disney streaming service. Well, they've talked about yeah. They've so talked you wonder about if they're Star just going to piggyback off of Hulu and build it off that platform. That'll be interesting to see what they do. Take my money, seriously. <laughs> Take my money. They're they're already taking it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they don't even know it. Yeah. So fifty five billion dollars. Ish. Let me ask you: Do you think they just write a check? Does Disney is they are they big enough they can just write a check for like here's 
here's a $55 billion check. No, I'm certain they didn't write a check. Let me Venmo that over to you. They like, used Bitcoin <laughs> is what they did. Ooh, God. <laughs> sort of strange. Was that five Bitcoin or six? Yeah, I've six lost Bitcoin, track. Right? <laughs> six Bitcoin. But now it's four Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that it, it'll be interesting. I think that's it's so basically all Fox retained was essentially the Fox Network and their contracts like the NFL and stuff, and then Fox News Channel and their associated networks like Fox Business. But like that's pretty much all Fox is. But they also own, it's interesting, they got a piece of Sky. Sky. Yeah, Sky News in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the UK for our British that, listeners. That, that Disney got today? Yep. I didn't yep. know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Interesting. Well, so it'll be an interesting new world of uh, entertainment with Disney owning all this stuff. Obviously with Disney buying the Star Wars franchise, that's dramatically changed that franchise and I do think it'll do some. It'll do similar things to the other franchises they just bought as well. I would love to see like an Iron Man Deadpool crossover <laughs> with Mickey. <laughs> with Mickey, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And Buzz Lightyear, and just for good measure. Kevin McAllister from Home. <laughs> that's right. There you Ooh, go. Kevin McAllister versus Magneto. <laughs> I can dig that. All right, let's do the lightning round with let's, these two okay. fine-looking gentlemen here. All right. So, uh, lightning round. We're going to ask you guys some questions. Mm. Um, about you guys personally. Yeah. Oh. Really in depth. All right. Is this like the dating game? or Kind of, yeah. Don't cry. That's the only advice we would have. <laughs> yeah. We'll do our best. The okay. last Fair one. Enough. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Superman. Professional skateboarder slash lawyer. <laughs> lawyer by day. Skateboarder That's right. by night. Favorite movie of all time? Titanic. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Eric. No, sorry. I'm going to go super geeky. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely on the list. I think Star Wars right now, given what day it is, is... Yeah, yeah, there's no other correct answer. Favorite. Are you Sorry. going to see Star Wars? Not uh, tonight. Last I, I was going to start night. quizzing you on Titanic. I won't uh, spoil it for you. Yeah, please. <laughs> on Titanic um, uh, <laughs> trivia, like could Jack have gotten on the door? Yes. Well, the obvious answer is cur- yes, and yeah. the MythBusters so definitively proved it. Yeah. Kate so Kate killed him yeah. and, and dumped a, a diamond into the ocean. That was that dumb. That was a dumb move. Generational wealth. That was stupid. Down the ocean. Yeah. Yep. Just because to make some point. Right. To herself, because no one else even. It was just stupid. Yeah. The movie just blew. It did. Not a fan. James Cameron. Come on. You can take your avatar. Seriously, I don't know anybody who liked Titanic. I mean, who even watched that movie? No, no one. <laughs> the bust. Yeah. My wife about 15 times. <laughs> That's all. I've never watched it with my wife. Wow, you just watched it by yourself. <laughs> I don't even know. So? <laughs> Leave me alone. Steve's storming out of the room now. It's awkward. All right. Um, show you're currently binge watching. The Crown. Oh, okay. I'm on the yeah. same boat there. Yeah, it's. Really I haven't good. watched it. Oh, it's good. Okay. Princess Margaret is uh, kind of steamy. She's a little steamy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, ben? she is. He <laughs> seems convinced of this. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, whatever. Uh, yeah. The Crown is probably the most recent one that I've wa- I've been wa- binge watched as well, thanks to my wife. All right, so, good enough. Yeah. McKay. It's the Crown. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm on the Crown. Hey, wow, yeah. good heavens. Punisher. Yeah. The Punisher. Punisher. Okay. Similar in tone. Yeah. <laughs> well, little known the fact, same. the Punisher is based off of Princess Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that. Just take her backstory back far enough. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Just uh, Princess Margaret and a minigun. That's right. You know. All right. Um, strange <laughs> talent. I can clap with one hand. Wow. All right. It's cool. a little creepy, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> creepy. crosses the line hey. a little there. <laughs> I've been a mountain guide for 20 years. Really? Yeah. 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 
kind of fancy. Yeah. And then final question, what is the least favorite pet that you've ever had and why? Ben's got one, I can tell. I can tell. Uh, He's thinking of whether you should share it. Oh, my gosh. My, it my, get him in trouble my with kids go goldfish right now that they never feed. And I always feel bad for the goldfish, and I end up having to feed them. You know it forgot that it's hungry, right? I hope so. Because <laughs> like they... they have a memory of, like, five <laughs> seconds or something. Like... Well, it floats sideways all the time, you know? And I'm like, I, I always think he's dead, and then he's not, which is super frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the podcast where I forget who it was, but said they're like, they, they're sorry that they feel bad that they're not sorry that their dog got hit by a car. Oh. <laughs> it was a horrible dog. I, I feel bad for the dog. <laughs> it was it, it was apparently a horrible. It was like a mix between a rat terrier and a chihuahua. Uh, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Yeah, I'll take the goldfish. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, a rabbit named Snoopy, who just bit you, and then pooped on the carpet. Oh. That was all he did. That sounds like and my he... two-year-old. <laughs> I don't even have a two-year-old. But yeah. Well, it's not too far off. <laughs> Eric does, so... I've had three of them. So Eric's like, yes, it's the same. Uh, so Snoopy the Rabbit. That's why I shouldn't have named my son Snoopy. Poop on the and carpet. poop on the carpet. That was it. He lived for eight years. Eight years yes. of that wonderful life. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, we've been talking a little bit on the podcast over the last couple of weeks about Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? And we've had discussions with guests on, do I think it's a bubble? Uh, do we think it's a bubble? Yeah. What's going on? And Steve's position on this is kind of, um, you take it a little bit from uh, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. Um, everybody's favorite shark, right? Yes. Kevin O'Leary. Yes. yes. Where he basically says, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but he basically says that Bitcoin is not a currency, so to speak. It's more of a uh, an asset, right? Right. Is that how he talks about yeah, it? Yeah, it's too volatile to be considered a currency, and there's not the regulations that go around currencies. I don't think that cryptocurrency is going anywhere. I think it's staying around. It's here for good. I do think that it's going to evolve, and we're about to see some evolution of that. Oh. All right. So I'm curious, you know, our, our guests have some, some background in, in cryptocurrency. So, yeah, so tell us what you, tell us <coughs> what your company tell, does. Yeah, give us yeah. the whole background here. Tell us what you guys do and how your business relates to all this cryptocurrency madness that's yeah. happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. So just so it kind of our backgrounds really weigh into this. So um, I started out working in London at a big capital markets firm, did a lot of billion dollar deals, saw the capital markets up close and personal, right? And all the problems that go along with it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Eric has been in the cryptocurrency world really tightly for a number of years, I guess, buying and investing and everything else. Um, so together, we founded Stockchain Global, which is a startup company that is looking to disintermediate the global capital markets. That's a fancy word. We don't know what it means. Explain it, please. <laughs> what it means is you've got a 200 Harvard trillion. Showing. Yeah, right. Uh, Dumb it down, Ben. Do you, do you guys know anything about crypto? Because me. that's the... <laughs> So that's one of the big buzzwords for crypto. So I don't know, maybe you guys haven't, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to be a lawyer to understand that. Anyway, bottom line is this, the capital markets means that's where people go out with their money and invest it in stocks, bonds, right. equities sure. of all types, right? $200 trillion is what the global markets are or mm -hmm. more. And right now there's dozens of intermediary industries. So if you go out to buy something, you have a broker, you have an agent, you have a custodian. Sure. Bookmaker. Bookmaker, clearinghouse, market yep. maker, depository, yep. registrar, all that stuff, right? Yep. Those have all been really important historically because you know you got somebody who has money and somebody in a different state or whatever a different country that has this financial asset and they need to figure out how to trade that and that's what those industries do i always wanted to be a market maker yeah cool name right well that like 
have you ever heard about the market maker? Like they're they're sitting there on the on the market floor. There's they used to be they had a book open. They would line up deals, right? Yeah. And they get a piece of each deal that comes through. And it was almost a job that was passed down from father to son. And like you couldn't go become a market maker. Now it's all they have computers that can run it. And well, they they still have floor traders, right? I mean, right, this right, is right. this is like five hundred years old, and there's still guys out on the floor. Arranging deals, finding other floor traders. Hey, I got someone who's going to buy 500 yeah. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, come here. And it's that old game that used to play The with, Ferris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. Totally, the Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Exactly. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Cameron. It's, so cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency bypasses that whole... Not, not cryptocurrency, too. blockchain. Yeah, that, blockchain. we got to okay. distinguish between the Do two. That. Yeah, okay. explain, explain the difference. Eric, Eric, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so uh, cryptocurrencies go all the way back to when Bitcoin started in 2008, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the is it only that old? It's only that old. It, wow. it, it really arose right when the economy tanked in the okay. at the end of 08. And so Bitcoin had a few aspirations, one of which was to decentralize money and to get it in the hands of individuals and out of the hands of the Federal Reserve or some kind of central bank. And so most people looked at Bitcoin as an alternative to fiat currency, your dollar, your pound, your euro. Mm-hmm. And they thought, oh, great, this will enable peer-to-peer transactions with very minimal regulation, if, if any regulation at all. But to do that, they had to use what was called, even back then, a blockchain. All, all this is is a, an encrypted database that uh, allows parties to verify cryptographically the, the chain of title in any given asset. In this case, you've got Bitcoin. You can track from the very beginning of any Bitcoin's life, where it started, where it's gone, and, and in which wallets it's been positioned. Mm-hmm. And there's an immutable ledger of that. So imagine, you know, that old accounting book. Sure, sure. That people have on one side credits, the other side are debits, and they're just marking, uh, you know, where, where an asset goes. Same thing with blockchain. You can do that on a database. I mean, all our listeners are going to know what a database is. Um, but now it's been decentralized, and people, at least in, in Bitcoin's case, are verifying that through a mining process. They, the, the database exists on thousands, hundreds of thousands of different hard drives and computers all over the world. So, so yeah, okay, so it decentralizes and, and, and whatever the fancy word. Yeah, distributed means. ledger is what yes. it's called, right. Yeah. technically, right? It, and, yep. and it by itself yep. doesn't disintermediate. I okay. think that's the no, word that's that's right. Right. That's we're right. all, all jazzed that's right. about. That's yeah. right. Um, but it, it offers that potential because suddenly you can do the same thing with any asset. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin or Ethereum or any number of cryptocurrency. It could be anything. It could be software. It anything be that has a title anything. that you that's can right. put a title to. So cars. Right. Real estate, Interesting. Uh, stocks, right? right? Historically, a stock was a piece of paper. In the last <clears throat> X number, a couple number, a couple decades, it's become just a, a listing in a database somewhere, a centralized database. Now you could own a, a bond, a stock, a promissory note, anything could be listed on a blockchain and you could track its ownership that way. So in fact, to get a, a paper stock certificate is quite a process. That's have, right. Have you done it? I haven't done it. I, you know, I, I spent most of my career in financial services. So yeah. every once in a while I'd be like, hey, I'd have someone say, hey, I'm buying a, a share of Disney. 
can you get me the stock certificate so I can hang it on my grandchildren's <laughs> wall? Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it'll cost you sixty bucks extra. Just to exactly, get the stock just to get the stock. Yeah. It has Winnie the Pooh hanging off yeah, of yeah, yeah. the or, side. Or when yeah. people come to you with paper certificates saying, "Hey, I just inherited this. Can you put this in my account?" That's a whole other process. That's right. You know, so, it's just. And so what people are saying about blockchain is, and, and what seems clear that what is happening with blockchain, the internet kind of version 1.0 of the internet is all about information, right? You can mm-hmm. send emails, you can send information over these wires, and it's this miraculous thing, right? Um, 20 years ago, sending an email seemed like a miracle. I mean, in some ways, it still does if you think about it, right? It's going to space, Ben. <laughs> like I said, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. You guys have probably seen those YouTube videos of like Katie Couric and Bryant Gumbel in the early days of the Today Show that... Talking about what an email yes. is, and they're like, "What is this?" They're asking people off camera, like, "Oh, it's going to do what now?" We click and anyway, it's and that is to print it. And deliver it <laughs> and I'll just have my secretary take it over there. No, that's exactly where we are with blockchain technology today. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin, right? That seems right. like over Thanksgiving, just a couple weeks ago, the whole yeah. world blew up. But Bitcoin is one tiny piece of this and one tiny application. Okay. Right. And and you know, it's one five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, it's a big one, no doubt. But it's just one use case for this technology. Exactly. And the and the technology could be applied to almost any industry. I mean, maybe that's too broad, but but the you know most industries in the world, anything where you have to show ownership, it could be it could be applied. Anything where it's you great. have a ledger, it mm-hmm. could be applied. And that um, the way that me and Eric started the Stockchain Global is because we were talking about use cases, and we came up with like fifty different use cases that's that were I was amazing. Ask you. Give us a couple use cases. Okay. I was thinking about. You know, the time I sold, uh, I had this car, and I, I put it listed on, yep. on, the, on the net, and yep. then I sold it, and I had to physically sign the title right. and hand it over. And I thought, well, this is so archaic. Yes. Right? That's been in my industry is built on archaism, right? We're right. lawyers, just to reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> we thrive on that. We suck the blood out of economies. Well, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, Ben doesn't. I'm a litigator. Yeah. And that's all I oh, do. that's Eric so the blood out of the yeah. 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 And he's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve's kind. Steve's very kind. Um, but but a handful of use cases. Uh, some of the ones that we threw around were obviously capital markets. That that was a natural one. Financial services uh, could benefit a lot from this. Um, uh, right now, there's a lot of charitable giving going on. Mm. You know, we all mm-hmm. donate to the Red Cross to Heifer or Heifer.org. Um, there, there's a real concern in the nonprofit industry of where your dollars get spent. If you send a dollar to the Red Cross, does that dollar go directly to the cause? Oh, does it well, get I think that was, that was something during yeah. the. Mm-hmm. So I, I got involved with the Haiti earthquake. So oh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. and and the big Red Cross actually came under pretty serious fire yes. because it, it came it it came to light that when you donate to the Red Cross sometimes and you think you're donating to hurricane relief or earthquake relief, it's not going to go to the hurricane. No. It's going to go to the next disaster and, right. or right. whatever administrative right. stuff. Just because of the way it rolls. And the salary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it, I mean, that's that's the Red Cross. That's one of the most reputable charities mm-hmm. around. With blockchain, you could envision a, a platform or a system where charities sign up and you can, with your Bitcoin or with your Ethereum, direct it to the charity that you want. And because you can watch... Where that Bitcoin goes down the chain, you can see exactly, you know, what's being done with the money that you donated. Uh, so that that's one use case. So it's transparency it's, and yeah. accountability. Absolutely. And, and because of that transparency and accountability, so I'm a I'm a transactional lawyer. Eric, Eric's a litigator. I help kind of put deals together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a number of things that I've seen. Uh, we mentioned real estate, 
Right, right now, to do a real estate deal, you have to hire a title company, hire a real estate lawyer. You right. know, I'll have to hire Warm again. Warm up your signing hand. Yes, to sign 500 documents. Yes. Again, intermediaries like hours. crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You don't know who you're buying from. Maybe you never see them. It takes days to record the documents. It takes, you know, have to transfer the money through wire transfers, which takes a long time. And it's mm-hmm. expensive. All that stuff is a complete disaster. If you had a, a platform where you listed real estate titles, okay, right now they're mm-hmm. listed at the county courthouse. Okay, or the county records. The county has a has an office, and they list all the titles there. And you take your real estate title there, and they record it, and it has a recording number. And it's just kind of again a big involved process. If it was on a blockchain, and several companies that are startups are trying to do this right now, if it was on a blockchain, you have a title right there. Again, imagine that title's a Bitcoin. It's the same thing, right? It's just mm-hmm. a title to a certain piece of real estate. You know, I could just go to you. Hey, let's just do this deal. You could look at that title. You could see that nobody else owns it. Right, mm-hmm. that's what a title mm-hmm. insurance company does. You can see no that nobody has a lien on it, right? Because the, the distributed ledger could be public; everyone can right, see it. Right, that right. makes sense. Yeah. So that's another good use case, similar to uh, to cars, vehicles that we just talked about. Think about how big the vehicle market is. We we actually thought about doing a, a startup in that area. Five trillion dollars a year. That's how big the vehicle market is. Well, I, I think Same about thing. one of the one of the things. Speaking of Haiti, right? Yep. One of the issues they run into is is you may think that you uh, uh, you own uh, land and you can sell it, but the guy who you bought the land from just yeah. made up the fact that they own the That's land. Right. It's a huge problem, right? Yep. And so I think it's almost like you take some of these third world countries potentially and skip over the whole title process and go straight to this blockchain stuff. And and that's what Stockchain Global is looking to do as well, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of third world countries with no functioning equities market, no functioning debt market, no functioning bond market, no ability to issue things cleanly like that. And actually, so I lived in South America for two years. They skipped right over landline phones and went straight to cell phones. Yeah, they did in Haiti too. Right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. so same thing here. We think that because it's so much cheaper because we just cut out a dozen intermediary industries, you know, somebody in Africa who has 10 bucks to invest right now, they can't even invest that because the intermediary, right? All the brokers and so forth yeah, cost them. Yeah, they could invest that because it would be so cheap because boom, here they are on it and they could go straight to that model. So how do you get people to that model? That's the question. How do you get those markets? Is it a matter of getting one big entity in that? Is it a matter of consumers demanding that level of convenience and, and transparency? Like what's the yeah. what's the model to get people to that so there's structure? A, we're talking about it as if it's one big thing, but really each of these types of assets is different, sure. right? So public stock market, totally different than private. Somebody, you know, you own a couple of shares, some private company that you started, you sell them to me. Yeah. Makes sense? Same thing with debt, right? I, I, could, I could loan you a million bucks or whatever. You could sign a promissory note. I could take that note and sell it to Eric. Right, and then you owe him the money. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And each of these types of financial instruments has kind of its own characteristics that are important. Um, so the way that you penetrate those markets is a little bit different for each one, right? But um, the, there's a couple that make a ton of sense. For example, the private debt market. It's not regulated very tightly. First off, if you want to start a, a stock market on blockchain, you got to go get it regulated and 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 set up in every country you go to. That's a huge yeah. amount of work, right? 150 countries or whatever you might try. Um, private debt, if, if you just, if I make a loan to you and you issue me a promissory note, I can, in most places, that's the regulation is extremely minimal, if any, right? So if you did that on the, on the blockchain, you'd have the same values, right? You'd, you'd know who owned the debt. You'd see the money was done. You'd never have to worry about the note being destroyed, the data being corrupted. You'd know exactly when all payments were made. Every single one of these issues as a lawyer, I have seen in practice, yep. right? I'm helping a client buy a, buy a note and the seller has no 
idea about any of this information. They don't even have all the documentation. That makes sense? So that's an area to start. And in terms of how we focus it, um, you know, it, 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 there's certain areas that are, that are very high friction um, and difficult to transact. And of course, that's where we'd go first. Yeah, where there's the most pain. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Exactly. Right? Yes. exactly. We're lawyers. That's what we do. <laughs> right. we, we're drawn to pain. <laughs> so so the, the database itself, you said it's distributed. Is it is it kind of like a – is it like the web, how it's a little bit on everybody's machine? Or is it – I mean, how does that functionally work? It, yeah, Napster is not a bad analogy. If you, if you recall when we all – Downloaded Napster. <laughs> the, the statute of limitations two hours has passed. To, uh, download yeah. one Nirvana song. Mm -hmm. and I'm glad it was Nirvana. It was worth like, it though. You hear they came out and apologized? Did they? Yeah. Seventeen yeah. years later. Exactly. <laughs> for destroying Napster for, like thanks, that. Thanks, Lars. That was kind Appreciate of a that. bad idea. Hey, they, they disrupted the music industry yeah, single-handedly. They, they did. Yeah. But but so Napster, everyone was feeding pieces of the same song. Into your download, right? So you like connect. A yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So you'd you'd have forty people feeding into the file. In this case, some computers that I never have downloaded. That of course deny everything. <laughs> deny everything. <laughs> uh, if you, if your listeners take away anything from this podcast, <laughs> deny <that> lesson. <laughs> uh, but but on a distributed ledger, you've got people who run a full node. So there are computers out there who have the entire blockchain from day one of Bitcoin mm -hmm. saved on their hard drive. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other people who have smaller pieces of it. And, and Ethereum is the same way. They've, there are full nodes that are 60 to 80 gigabytes now. Mm -hmm. um, but as it gets bigger, they're starting to even break those down into more manageable chunks. So you can run a light node. And I may have 20% of the blockchain. And Steve's got 20%. And but you it's know, all accessible to the end user. Uh, the end user can, you know, download it, track everything. There are already apps being built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So, that, so yeah, why ahead. would you want to? Why would you want to be one of the ones that that house part of the node? Uh, there's a few incentives. If if I'm a miner of Bitcoin, okay. Okay. there are rewards. So if I'm running my system, uh, you know, the, statistically, I will be a successful miner and I will win this block. Mm -hmm. And in that block, it represents, you know, some, some amount of money to me. And it's an amount of Bitcoin to right, me right. If, if I mine that block. Uh, most blockchains now are running that kind of mining system. Some are migrating to one system called proof of stake, where rather than actually running and processing it actively to win something, you stake a certain amount of your cryptocurrency. And you say, okay, I'm going to validate. I'm going to run a full node on my system. I'm going to put up a thousand Ethereum, and so long as I'm a good actor and I keep my internet running and my database flowing, you know, I'll get some rewards out of this. I'll get a two percent or an eight percent return on whatever I've staked. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of different ways to incentivize people to run a full node, but those mm -hmm. are kind of the two primary ones that we're looking at right now. It's fascinating that I mean, there's so much more to it than. Everybody just wants to talk. I mean, they don't even talk other cryptocurrencies. They yeah, just it's want to crazy. Talk Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. We're getting Bitcoin, there Bitcoin. though. Ethereum's tripled in the last week or whatever. You know, there's so much other stuff, oh, yeah. and yes. it's so much more useful than mm -hmm. just yes mining yes. for Bitcoin. Yes, yeah. a way to pay for 
things to Russian oligarchs. Yeah. Well, so here's another interesting <laughs> use case. Uh, they pe- <laughs> paying for things that, from Russian oligarchs. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the main use case. It's basically centered around the Russian oligarch market. It's the Bitcoin caviar and vodka market. It's a multi-billion it's a dollar economy right there. It's awesome. Um, one thing I've read they're doing is tracking um, stock, uh, like physical stocks of stores, yeah. right? right? So... Um, you Physical know, on the shelf stuff. Yes. Oh, so where did it come? Uh, the 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 chain that that came through globally, right? Because everything comes through a global sourcing mm-hmm. system now, and nobody there's there's health reasons to do it, right? If that chicken is bad, we want to know where it came from, and there's imperfect solutions in place that are pretty bad and take days and days or weeks to figure out. Um, there have been recent tests done by big stores. I mean, you know, huge, massive international companies tracking stocks. And instead of, you know, they did it, they, they did it through paper and it took them three weeks and they did it on a blockchain. It took three seconds. Well, think about the FDA, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Medication or even, uh, I had, there was a a biotech startup that, that hired me one time to build a database for them. And the whole point of the database was to track the parts of the device that they were selling to be able to track that back to the manufacturer so yes. that they can go to the FDA and say, hey, listen, if there's a problem with this hard drive, we know it's part of this lot. And it took me forever to do it, and I did an okay job. But seems to me like you know blockchain would be yeah. the better way to be able to do that. And then essentially all you'd have to have is a database of blockchain registries. Like this is the device right here. Right. Sure. Think about medical records. That's another interesting use case. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's well, and so it's just this might be a dumb question, but walk me through the Probably. access. I'm sure it is. Walk me through the accessibility of this data. So, is it literally as simple as someone going and seeing all of these steps in this in one location? Like, how how does this appear to the? That's how I always think about it, right? How does it appear to the end user, the person who's actually trying to find the information? Yeah, so I, I've tried to do it myself uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, and there's a, a great website called EtherScan. And it allows you to plug in any address and see what, what's being stored on a wallet that is associated with the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and, and you can track. It, it's, it's not all that intuitive right now. The data is all there, um, but it, it is a little esoteric. It, it takes some well, real like attention if, if to detail. The, the example of the internet when it first started. Yes, that's the right yes. example. Yeah. The internet yep. was not user-friendly no, when no. it first uh, started out. Right? You just go to the Drudge Report and see what it looked like 20 years ago. The Wayback Machine yeah. live. <laughs> so, that, so that seems to be the piece that's missing to your point earlier about this. We're, we're now where email was 20 years ago, yeah. right? And yeah. where the internet was. Right. With this, is it seems like you're saying the data's there. There's an application for it. Now it's just figuring out what are the precise use cases, how do we get people to use those use That's cases, right. and then how do we make the data accessible? Which is, is that the biggest hurdle, making the data actually accessible? It, it, it's a, a hurdle. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. As a non-tech person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that blockchain is pretty simple, uh, from what I understand. Uh, no, it, so it, the accessibility of the data is a, a primary uh, hurdle right now for for most you know we call them main street investors but you know sure. ma, ma and pa when they're when they you know they're not going to become this power user that has an ethereum wallet and they're going to download you know metamask and be able to interact with the public blockchain and have their private keys sure that's just not gonna it's, happen. it's just it, no. it's so many steps but you know there's there are people coming out already with you know the equivalent of a venmo or whatsapp that that's mm-hmm. rooted in a blockchain in Ethereum for the most part right now, uh, where 
the end user never sees what's going on backstage. But right? if, if, you, if you take that to other markets, like the stock market, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, think about the process we were talking about that earlier that you used to have to go through to buy a stock. Right. Yeah. Yep. Versus now... Oh, it's infinitely more simple. Yeah, well, right? you used to have to call your broker. You used to have to call the floor. The floor used to have to go over to the market maker, the market... Yeah. You know, just, right, the whole process. Versus now I get on my phone, and I'm like, you know, I want to buy a couple shares of XYZ stock. Yeah. Not a recommendation. It's a great company. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you just do it. Boom. Done. Yeah, and then three days later, it clears. It's, so, so that's what saying, that's that what's funny. Instant, yeah, yeah, almost instantaneously. Yep. Yeah. Well, I argue that's... Yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, yeah. So the three-day clearing on stock, I mean, that that's still ridiculous. Like, even even without blockchain, that's ridiculous. It, they're doing it because they can. Well, they can, and there's trillions <laughs> of dollars floating around for them that incentivizes them to keep that process. Yeah, they're oh, not yeah. going to change it, right? There's no. trillion-dollar industries Heaven involved forbid. in this. There's no way... I, in my opinion, you know, they're they're not going to go take on a massive disruption thing like this unless they know exactly how it fits in. And because it's so early stage, they don't know exactly how it fits in. It could destroy their model. So here's a question. So this is, uh, we got to talk net neutrality. That's disruptive, too, a bit. right? Yes, disruptive innovation. I mean, right. Huge. Well, that's the whole that's the whole point, right? Is is how how does the average um, listener of of this podcast or any other what what do they need to know about this in the, in the short slash medium average. term, right? Like, what is how does the average person use this, take advantage of it, or is it at this point something that's in the air that uh, they'll hear more about as time goes on? It's hard to answer. I mean, it's it is early days right now. Everyone just looks at the price action, right? B sure. Bitcoin goes up twenty x over a year, and Ethereum goes up a hundred x over a year. Uh, so that that's the most fascinating thing. Everyone loves watching bubbles uh, expand and then blow up. Yeah. Um, well, when they're not riding the bubble. That, well, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's fun when you're going up on the bubble, but uh, eventually it, it will pop. And it, but I think you're right. That one thing you said early on, Steve, is that cryptocurrencies and blockchain they're not going anywhere. So I think over the next two years. You're going to see applications and platforms built on top of either their own blockchains or on these public blockchains, Bitcoin, Ethereum, sidechains that, that kind of crop up. Uh, again, first world users, they may never feel it. Mm -hmm. This is not like a Web 2.0 revolution where it's, it's this visual kind of user interface revolution where it's slick and sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, blockchain's not going to do anything to that. But on the back end, uh, you're going to have these immutable... Mm -hmm. unhackable ledgers that track everything. So, so mom and pa aren't going to, uh, it's not going to take three days to sell your stock anymore. You'll get it instantaneously. But you can see There's, a day for a real estate transaction where yes. all that other stuff. Yes. So I disagree yes. with Eric that, that I think to, to some extent we'll that fight. it is going to be visible to we'll everybody. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. You think because of that, that uh, the, the quickening of that pace of just things being instantaneous, everyone will notice that. The use cases are so incredible. You can send money through Western Union right now and you can pay 30 bucks and it takes three days. Right. If you use Bitcoin, it takes it costs no money and is instantaneous. But do you think they're going to associate that with blockchain, or do they think it's just going to be? Well, I can the, see Eric Eric saying like he won't. They won't see that it's right. That the use case, the, the use be, case of the yeah. blockchain will make everything function better, and you will see yeah. a lot of new companies like ours that couldn't exist in any other way. I guess that's the best. You sell your car, Steve, and it's instantaneously, and you can sell it to somebody anywhere because they can prove the title right on the blockchain. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I, I think it'll be revolutionary, but it might be a quiet revolution that, that most quiet. people, most uh -huh. people yeah. don't see it. 
I mean, Ben and I in our industry and, and in a lot of these insider industries, they'll feel it. They'll see it. Uh, tech, certainly. Well, it's whoever's under, it. is looking under the hood. Right. Well, right? there's the funding mar- right. model as well. I, will, I do think everybody is seeing right now the, the token sale model. Yeah. And although there's a lot of securities law stuff, which mm. I'm a securities lawyer, um, there's a lot of, you know, it, everybody's still kind of feeling their way through it a little bit, but it seems clear that this is going to disrupt how a lot of companies can get early stage funding, which is a massive change because previously it was VCs in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And now, at, you know, ba- I mean, it, again, feeling your way through it a little bit, but it seems very likely that regular people all over the world are going to be able to, to invest early stage. So if you think you know the next Facebook, you might actually be able to get something that, that yeah. gives you some kind of um, upside that's technically not equity, but but gives you some... Um, <laughs> It's not equity. It isn't equity. It's not a security. It can't be right. under securities laws. But um, it, you still get kind of a, a piece of that of that growth as the company grows and improves. And that's something that it's just like Kickstarter with yeah. A, that's a better way to think of it. With a uh-huh. Business bent to it. But, but yeah. you you brought up something. You know, securities laws. The way securities are laws yep. are now. Yeah. How are laws? Going to like what? What changes in the law are we going to see with this? Sea change, I think, is yeah. necessary in many instances, although not all. You'll have to. So Delaware, this last summer, passed legislation. Delaware is where most, most big corporations, are based. right? Yeah, they. Well, I think we talked about this in another podcast. Did, yeah. There's like yeah, there's like an fantastic. address where like there's one yeah. warehouse where there's yes. like seventy. It's of the just PO boxes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so they're incorporated there, but Delaware passed legislation saying you corporations who are incorporated in our state. You can issue, manage, track, trade your shares on a blockchain. Hmm. They, they included that specific language, blockchain. And, and so we're going to have to keep up. There's a lot of countries yes. who are very progressive about blockchain in, in their tax laws, in securities laws. You know, they're opening their it up. Their fiat currency, right. potentially. Mm-hmm. Potentially, yeah, they, you could have maybe not. Where are you seeing it? Uh, well, Estonia. no one has issued it yet. But, but Singa- where are you seeing like the... the oh, Estonia, the Singapore, uh, a lot of countries that you wouldn't think of maybe yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Switzerland. Switzerland for sure. I'd say Singapore and Switzerland would be at the top of my list of yeah. companies. Estonia would, would not, uh, like I wouldn't even... Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. yeah. And, and actually... We're at from Estonia? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> one thing that we're really interested in it's a it's a paper we we a research paper we want to write but we we haven't had time to is how far is the U.S. falling behind if if, if we wait on this stuff yes right if the U.S. is the is the is the main uh, the U.S. dollar is is the background currency for everything we're the flight to safety of everything and what happens if all of a sudden you can get Singaporean money on the blockchain and now all these cool startups all these cool stuff that's happening with blockchain. They can't use dollars in the same as effectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, boom! Look, we can do it with Singapore money, and guess what? You can take a, a Bitcoin and convert to Singaporean money just as fast as you can a dollar, and you can you know you can you can change that yeah, stuff with, with minimal to no fees. Right, it's with just no a problem. Seamless transaction. Yeah. So you know, is the is the are we going to fall behind or are we losing the ability to uh, you know here in the U.S. where we are located? I think it, this is fascinating. I'm excited to see where this where this ends up. You know where this goes. Agreed. Like what the next phase is, right? Because I think yep. that the 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 nice thing about all these bubbles, right, is you look at the internet bubble mm-hmm. when that burst. What were we left with? With oh, just uh, Amazon, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and Google, exactly, exactly. Right. Some right? companies in the world, yeah. right? And uh, well, Apple, right? I mean, yeah. Apple's growth came out of that. You know, exactly. iPad, iPod, and, and so. So I guess my point is, I'm excited to see what this bubble leaves behind. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Bitcoin's gonna 
come and go and change and evolve. Yes. But but and cryptocurrency will see that. Yeah. But what what it's going to leave behind, right? Is is uh, a more efficient system of exactly of, is the blockchain transaction. Well, uh, so we just bought our we bought a home about eight, how long ago? Eleven months ago, ten months ago now. And I remember sitting in that uh, office oh. and signing those papers you just, you and, and thinking, yeah. well, and thinking this is inefficient and dumb. Mm-hmm. Like how many different entities have had to look at this and physically stamp a document? And it's just stupid. It's so it's so. And it costs six percent or more of your transaction cost. Right, right of, a it, of a large transaction. Of a large transaction. Yeah. And, and you think about you know when I got a driver's license in in, in Port-au-Prince, right? It was handwritten yep. and stamped. Yep. Which is the same process we're using in the United States today to buy a house. Right. Yep. It's crazy. It's stupid. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. <laughs> uh, stupid is now a legal term. Yeah. <laughs> so, where can people connect with you guys? Where can people yeah. find you? Uh, our website, stockchainglobal.com, okay. is the best way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they can see all about it. We have an awesome white paper that's long and complicated and explains a lot of the details. Uh, we'd love to chat with anybody who has questions. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think we've got time. We've gone long on this episode. I know. It's been fantastic. It's lawyers been are long-winded, Steve. So. <laughs> <laughs> have two lawyers on. I think, yeah, yeah, right? Given this is the, the, the last episode before Christmas, right? Um, I think that uh, we do have one Christmas question. Indeed. From our non-letters letter segment. Okay. Okay. And this is from uh, Twitter. And uh, I'm going to uh, send this out to you know our attorney friends here with us. Ben and, uh, ben and Eric. This is from at Alex Sava on Twitter. What are our Christmas tech suggestions? To receive or to give? Yes. Or both? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you need to give yourself. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's start with Eric. What, Eric. what do you want or what are you giving that's techie for Christmas? Uh, this is super nerdy and crypto at the same time. So I bought several hardware wallets for Christmas uh, during the Black Friday sale. A hardware wallet allows you to store Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ethereum-based tokens online without ever letting your private keys touch the public blockchain. It's awesome. Let, let, <laughs> wow. Let the your, look of confusion on both of your I know, faces. I know. <laughs> Steve and I are like, so nerdy. Uh, we don't even know what you're talking about, but I'll take it. <laughs> Great. It's, Have it's, fun with that for Christmas. It's seeing more along the lines of a drone. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Something, something fun. Uh, Thanks, Dad. <laughs> boy, you could buy 20,000 drones with the one Bitcoin I put on your hardware wallet. That's, that was... Gee, Dad, next year, could you just give me some socks and underwear? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> the Ledger Nano. But I actually gave one to Ben for yeah. Christmas. Yeah, very so. kind. Oh. You're welcome. All right, yeah, ben. Love it. Um, well, I'll go a completely different direction with Eric <laughs> since we've talked about blockchain on this whole thing. Um, I, I just bought myself for Christmas the new Assassin's Creed game. Ooh. Oh. Have you played it yet? I Are you waiting? Uh, I've played it. Are you kidding? I bought it for myself. I'm not waiting. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I've played every single Assassin's Creed game. That's my favorite cool. game series. Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. Have you finished it yet? Or are you still? No, not yet. I'm still just uh, filling it out. Dude, it's so big. It is a cool game. There's something cool about standing at the fun. top of the pyramids. And I got to say, I didn't love the last couple 
Um, I loved Black Flag. The yes. France one, I was kind of like, eh, you know, yep. I'm having a hard time. But this one you like. I like I, I like this one much you better. Yeah, my yes. least favorite was the American one. Is that right? Yeah. Because he was just uh, whining sure. the whole time. <laughs> that makes it tough, absolutely. My people have been, uh, you know. <laughs> That's anti-American in and of itself. I liked Ezio. Yeah, Ezio was cool. Ezio was cool. I loved Black Flag. You know, oh yeah, pirate. Yeah, yep. That, you know, ship battles were a blast. Anyway, a lot of fun. You so. know what I liked about the one thing I did like about the the uh, Italian ones yes. was uh, I was telling my wife. You know, there's a story was I, I was in in Italy visiting and. All of a sudden, there is St. Mark's Square, and I could actually walk yes. through. Like, so I was standing here, and then my friend was standing here, and so I actually lived in Italy and was a mountain guide there. Uh-huh. And I've lived in London twice when I was doing, you know, yeah, deals. So. And so playing the Italy ones and the London ones were pretty cool. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, but I didn't get to climb that huge four hundred foot tall tower <laughs> and then stab a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was funny with the Paris one? So we went to Paris over the summer, and I'm like, wait. I've been on this street before. <laughs> it's weird, right? It really is it kind really of is kind of cre- surreal. Yeah. The cool thing about the game. Have you played these games, McKay? Yeah, yeah. I've played the older ones. I haven't played so these. So they ones. really did map the cities, right. you know, as best they could. Really did cool. you draw your daggers at some point, Steve? <laughs> I show your wife. I deny, you? deny, <laughs> deny. <laughs> yes, you took the lesson. Well done. So are you like? Uh, are you one of these guys who suddenly you look at the clock and it's two forty-five a.m. and you've played? Assassin's Creed for seven hours. Like, oh crap! You can with What's happened recently is I look at the clock. It's two forty-five a.m. and I've been working on Stock Chain Global for seven <laughs> there hours. You go. And then I collapse, and then I wake up at four thirty in the morning with all these other th- ideas and exciting things that I'm looking forward to doing. So, <laughs> and, then he, and then he plays Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I'll play Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Eric's just mad because then I text Eric at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> Eric, we gotta do this. <laughs> so, what would your text suggestions, McKay? Oh gosh, um, I, I do need a drone. We've talked about this before. Yep. You're a drone guy. Yep, yep. I, I'm not. I haven't. I've, I've never been one. I had like one of those little helicopters that you fly around. You get for twelve dollars mm-hmm. or twenty three dollars at Walmart, and yep. I crashed it immediately. So I've got to. I've got to get more. Those are a lot uh, harder than the good ones. Are they? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I got to do that. Uh, I am a big fan, and we're gonna have a home automation throwdown oh, at gosh. some point. I just Ooh. think it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, and you're wrong. I think it's so. Stupid. I like uh, the uh, Amazon Echo. Yeah, and all of the things that you can do with it. Yeah, we were playing George Strait songs earlier. No, on here. you were playing George Strait songs <laughs> earlier. Um, I like uh, yeah the all home automation, uh, the ratio that goes along with it, the Philips Hue, uh, light bulbs, all that fun stuff. What was the thing I mentioned earlier? The clapper thing that replaces the you don't think that's a good idea? <laughs> that was a bad idea. <laughs> so just, I saw this thing on Kickstarter earlier. It's basically like uh, an Amazon Echo, but instead of saying, instead of commanding it. You just clap, and the clapping oh. means certain things. So and I then, clap once, and it'll play this. But you have to remember the cadence. It's like, I'll clap 12 times, and it does this. McKay, you may not be old enough to remember the clapper. <laughs> I do remember the clapper. <laughs> clap the old couple in the bed. Clap off. Yes. Was, I'm glad that technology has survived. Those were those are commercials directly before the... Uh, the life alert I've fallen and I can't get up yes. in the middle of the day. Life call save me. <laughs> I'm fallen. I can't get up. So like I said, this is our last episode before Christmas, so it's not too late to give McKay and I what we really want. Which are reviews and ratings. Yes, positive reviews or negative Preferably. reviews or negative, about McKay. Yeah, if you prefer negative reviews. <laughs> You'd really have to hate a podcast, wouldn't you? Yeah. To actually take the time to go and give it a negative review. But I feel like you're challenging someone to do that. I don't <laughs> no. want to do that. Do it, somebody. Um, so subscribe and make uh, McKay's Christmas dreams come true. Please. Uh, keep connecting with us on Twitter and Instagram and our Facebook group. That is starting to be fun. We're starting to see some interactions there. 
Um, and you can also email us if you have suggestions, want to be on the podcast, interchangeitpodcast at avanti.com. And a giant thanks to Big Giant Circles for the music. And uh, again, we want Big Giant Circles on the podcast. We do. Come oh. and join us. Come and join us. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and good luck. Change IT Podcast is brought to you by Avanti, a software company that helps you succeed in every aspect of your job, including operational IT security, asset management, service management, and supply chain management. Find out more at Avanti.com.